Namaste and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast, where we are exploring the mystical in the mundane and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. Everything in the universe has a rhythm. Everything dances, says Maya Angelou, the poetess. My name is Kilkenny, the host of the Modern Mystic Podcast, where we talk about how to make your spirituality an actuality. And we know this to be true. If you just look around you, the sun rises and sets. The moon follows suit rises and sets. The oceanic waves somewhere right now, even if you aren't near them, are lapping in and out. Isn't that incredibly soothing? The truth is that as a species, we have been wisely taking cues off nature since time immemorial. It's only been in like the last 150 years or so with the availability of electricity that has changed this dramatically. Like anything, there are assets and perils, and though electricity for sure has a myriad of positive repercussions, I can't imagine life without it. As a species, it really has derailed our biorhythms. And this devolution of these rhythms becoming more and more syncopated with nature and its soundtrack definitely has had a catastrophic and cataclysmal effect resulting in our psyches for many of us, in our physical health for many of us that we can be unaware of and certainly has had a manifold detrimental effect on Mother Earth, Panchamama. So, Biorhythms, let's talk about this and break this down a little bit, are the basic daily habitual activities we all do and their timing. For example, what time do you rise up in the morning? What time do you rest your weary head in the evening upon your pillow? What time do you eat? What time do you exercise and move your body? Our bodies are really strong, yet very intricately complex organisms that thrive off balance and consistency, like the sun rising and setting. The more we consecrate the steady rhythms which we play in our moment-to-moment life, then the music that becomes our life is much more harmonious. The health we can experience is greater on the inside and the out. Furthermore, when we take our cues off of nature and sync up with its whispers and pulses and rhythms, this is what our ancestors did. Thousands and thousands of years, they had to do this. Life required them to do this. In order to survive, think about it. Your very ancestors had to pay attention to the sun setting 
to keep themselves safe in a way that most of us don't anymore. They live to be your ancestor. And in that survival mechanism and having triumphed to get to be your ancestor, their aliveness is proof that they did this, the fact that they lived. So this wisdom and programming to pay attention to the natural rhythms is truly baked in our DNA. When we begin the journey worth taking and initiate paying closer attention to our body rhythms and how we are optimizing the natural world and its impact upon us that most people ignore all over this planet on a day-to-day basis, our health and happiness can radically improve. Revolution Rest is an episode I made a little while ago, and its subtitle is Burnout, The Quest for Rest. So many people wrote me about this episode, and in it, I talk about some very real health benefits of the sun. And though for sure we need to protect our skin, we need to protect our eyes with an appropriate amount of support due to the ozone layer, since it's totally trashed, Yet, we also want to make sure that we are using this beautiful technology to help us. There is so much information right now about how the sun and its light supports our moods, resets our circadian rhythms, and even can help cardio health. And I have really tapped into this sun wisdom energy. I heard about it a long time ago when I had the huge blessing and good fortune of going to Egypt. There's the sun god Ra and a lot of ancient structures that are beautifully oriented and in homage to the sun and its healing properties and energy. Again, in episode 58, I talk about this at length, so check that out if you haven't heard it. Really briefly though, going out and catching a little bit of sun at different times of the day is exceedingly supportive. When the sun rises, it's an ancient practice time in a myriad of spiritual and religious and mindfulness traditions to rise and start to practice meditation, yoga, breath practice as the sun begins to unfurl herself. And the reason scientifically this is a wise time to do so and to get up if you can because our melatonin to cortisol levels shift. It's about approximately zero to 10 degrees when the sun rises. And so what essentially happens is if we're watching the sun rise, right away, put simplistically, our body's clock as to when to start to release melatonin gets activated for the day. So melatonin is the chemical within ourselves that we need to sleep well. So often people have trouble will take melatonin, you know, right before bed or women going through hormonal changes can get support in that way. And yet our body very naturally creates melatonin. We all have melatonin in order to sleep. This is what's happening. And so part of that process is not just at the end of the day, But naturally, if we get up early and we even gaze at the sunrise out our window, things happen and our melatonin clock gets set 
as to when it should start to produce melatonin. Later in the day, in addition to our cortisol levels, are also awakened with the sun. And we want those earlier in the day so they don't become an excess at the end of the day because cortisol, right, makes us have energy and fight or flight and all those things. So we want that increasing in the earlier part of the day with our productivity levels and then abating towards the end of the day. From the sun going to about 10 to 30 degrees, there's a lot of magic that happens. And I'm not going into too much detail, but with your thyroid, with your dopamine, with your sexual hormones, there's great benefit to that period of the day. Our cells harvest light. And it's an incredible process that you can Google and go down the rabbit hole about. But know that that time of day, 10 to 30 degrees, so after the sun rises a bit in the later part of the morning to make sure you get a little sunlight exposure and gazing. Sunset, of course, some of you have heard this, is also a powerful thing to watch because it indicates to our body, again, we're speaking physiologically and the rhythms of our physiology because we are humans in a body to start to wane. Even in the mid-afternoon, after high noon, other benefits. So my sharing is to just try to go out. And even if it's just seeing the sun, I work many days like a lot of people inside. And yet I always try to go out. And even if it's two or three minutes, gaze at the sun and get a variety of sun exposure depending upon the time of day. So if you can set a timer on your phone and try to go out every two or three hours, this is a great thing. And you can do the practice as you face the sun, if it's safe to do so for your skin, and say, I feel one beam of light shining down on me, infusing me with healthy rhythms, clearing out any toxins, filling myself up, with inspiration and goodness. And that's a practice that I share with my coaching clients and you can make that specific to your verbiage and what lights you up or you can take that one and write it down. But it can really support you setting that intention to extrapolate on what you're trying to create in your life by feeling very mindfully the sun coming into you And almost like you're a plant, just totally creating the one singular intention in yoga that's called ekagrata, making a rocking, powerful, singular intention to do something with one's body, mind, and heart. Because then when we have our intention that clear, we receive the full benefit of that moment and the full potentiality of that which we're engaging in. So that's a practice. Research, again, you can look that up, has found those who are exposed to greater amounts of morning sunlight, quicker to fall asleep at night, had fewer nighttime wake-ups than those who were exposed to less morning light. People getting more sunlight are also less likely to report feelings of depression, anxiety, and stress, which so many people in this day and age are experiencing on a consistent basis. So, Another thing that you can play with, and some of you have heard of this, but is blue blockers. So if you have to be on technology, later in the day, you can 
set your phone on specific settings that make the phone darker and that shifts our physiology. It's called a red shift, I think, on your phone. And there's also glasses you can get. So artificial light is a malady in our society as well as an illuminative, pun intended, wonderful gift. Anything can be a blessing and a curse, right? A knife can cut food and feed many, many people, or a knife can kill. And so we have to think about artificial light in a similar way. How do I make a tool and a wonderful tool that supports me? And then how do I work with it so it doesn't create negativity in my life or I minimize that negativity? So if you have trouble sleeping, keep your screens to a minimum up to two hours before you go to bed, one hour. Take an amount of time and make it consistent. Even if it's 20 minutes before bed, I'm not gonna let myself look at my phone. Really wise to do in the morning, 20 minutes as I wake up. For 20 minutes, I'm not gonna look at my phone, my computer. Maybe a few hours, I do that for several hours. Not everybody has that luxury for sure, but making that boundary is a practice and it sets a rhythm in your body, in your psyche too, because part of these things, of course, have a psychological component to them. So make clear, consistent, rhythmic choices with the light you're taking in from your devices, with when you're getting up, what you're doing when you wake up, and allowing the sunlight in systematically at very committed times during the day. And then trying to catch that sunrise energy. There are many traditions that there's prayers at sunset as well. The same idea. These are magical times of the day. There seems where when we set our intention, the benefits of them can be exponential. And they're done in an alignment with the rhythms of nature because that's how you maximize the benefit. The other incredible thing about the sunrise and the sunset is you can become a sun seeker. One of my kids and I have dubbed this term as ourselves. And so you can make it a game. It doesn't always have to be so serious. Like I have to get the sun. Be like, no, I'm a sun seeker. And you seek the sun. I'm Irish. I have really light skin. I have to be careful. I have to wear lotions. I protect myself, all the things. Yeah. However, become a sun seeker and safely have that nourishing, healing, powerful light, that purifying light upon your face and a relationship with it and seek the sun. So I can't see the sunrise and sunset where I live every day, but I make it a point to seek the sun or notice the sun rising from windows in my house or when I'm on vacation, finding that sun Or the same thing with the nighttime, with the sun setting, same thing. Maybe pick one, whichever one's easier, and be like, okay, once a week I'm going to see the sunrise, once a week I'm going to see the sunset. However, whichever building you're in, if you're not outside during those times, pay attention to that's happening. You can notice the light shifting in the space you're in. Do you know what time the sun is setting right now, where you're living? That's another thing. Just making yourself cognizant of that. So you're at your desk and you can think, oh, 
the sun is setting right now at approximately 5.40 p.m. And so you start to pay attention every day if you set a reminder on your phone, oh, sun is about to set. And you watch the light change in the room where you're working, and that will have an effect on your psyche. That's what your ancestors did. They noticed when the sun was rising and setting. They noticed the rhythms. When you notice rhythms of nature, it affects your physiology. It affects your psychology. And everything physiologically and even psychologically will improve for sure with that support system in place. Another powerful psycho-spiritual technology is following and tracking the cycles of the moon. I have an episode, I think it's called Moon Medicine, and it's a beautiful episode with a really brilliant astrologer, and we go through a lot of things about the moon, so you can find that. However, when we pay attention, of course, to the moon rising and the moon setting, and if you go to your weather app, everyone can find this with such ease. The sunset time, sunrise time, moon rise, moon set, same thing. The moon, of course, is very much a reflection of our psychology and our emotional body. And if we sync up with the phase that the moon is in, this is something for sure our ancestors did as well. For sure, if you had ancestors who planted seeds and were farmers, and think about it, a few hundred years ago, everyone was doing this. Everyone was planting, most people, their seeds for food and crops. And there's a whole art form of doing this. Even today, if you look this up, of when to plant seeds. You plant seeds with the new moon. And then as the moon goes on, when to harvest, etc. So it's a powerful biorhythm technology, the moon. So most of us aren't farmers or plant your own food. And maybe you do plant your own food and you can really go down the Google rabbit hole. And it's very interesting to read about. However, most of us in the modern day era are buying our food. And so with that, we can still use the moon to remind us of different cycles in the month. And basically the psycho-spiritual weather, if you will. So for example, When it's a new or sometimes referred to as dark moon, that's when the sun and the moon are sitting next to each other and there's seemingly no moon, right? It looks like a blank slate. This amazing time is a potent time to reset and reestablish a new intention. So think plant a seed is another way to say this. Now we've got these phases, right? We've got the new dark moon, got the waxing crescent, got a first quarter moon, got a waxing gibbous, we've got the full moon, waning gibbous, third quarter, and waning crescent. And so this cycle repeats, it's approximately every 29.5 days, again and again. My monthly mystic members on their amazing elegant video library of over 150 videos, I have one on a moon bowl and how you can have a physicalization of the moon and every day put a gemstone or a shell and track the moon cycle. And this is an amazing ritual that I learned from my Celtic tradition 
And I work with my coaching clients on rituals like this to embody their spirituality in their everyday life. So you can do this. It's next to my nightstand. A few of my clients really love this too, where before my feet even hit the floor in the morning, I've taken one piece either in or out of my moon bowl. And that shows me what exactly is happening to the moon in this moment. Then I can think psychologically about this cosmic weather pattern, if you will, or natural nature weather pattern. And then when you know the weather, things go better. So if you know it's a new moon, you can think, ah, it's a time to be more quiet. It's a time to pause. It's a time to slow down because when things are darker, again, Allah, our ancestors during a dark new moon, they no doubt had to slow down, go to bed earlier because they couldn't see without electricity. One would have to do this. It would require one in life because of this weather pattern, these circumstances to do so. So for all these hundreds of thousands and millions of years, people were doing this. They're slowing down. They're being more careful. They're going to bed earlier, right? So this is part of being human. So even though we've all of a sudden evolved at such a rapid rate to have lights, as a species, we evolutionarily speaking, haven't caught up to this phenomenon yet, that our biology has not acclimated to having light because we've had light for a speck in the whole timeline of humanity and we are animals and it's called an evolutionary mismatch in the scientific community that something happens in a species and then it takes time for our bodies and physiologies to catch up with that quickening thing, that revolutionary thing, so to speak. Fascinating idea. So the new dark moon, it's like a blank slate. People who are born under a new dark moon often are very fantasy oriented. They're good at daydreaming. They might live in their dreams a lot. They might be great dreamers and they have fantastic imaginations. They might think of something that really seems unrealistic to other people. And it might be, or it might be that it's a brilliant idea. So it's a time to create new ideas about what you want to manifest in the next 29.5-ish days for the whole moon cycle. And so this is a way to sync up with a rhythm, working in the moon and it cycles this way. So make sure during this time, it's a new or dark moon, whichever you like to call it, reserve time for visioning, for pausing and feeling into what would feel really inspiring. What do you feel moved towards accomplishing in this next moon cycle, 29.5 day cycle? And it's about pushing through and towards your dreams. Because when we live consciously that way, and I find that it can be really easy to do so when we break life up into smaller chunks. You know, we've got in the United States where I live, the American New Year, which is from January 1st through the end of December. And so many people, my Venus Lee coaching clients, right, set new intentions, you know, New Year's resolutions. And I get a lot of clients actually who then fall off the bandwagon and then have frustration about why they did that. So one tactic is to break things down in smaller chunks, your goals, your dreams, 
and then they can be much more manageable. And then the statistically probability of you achieving them are a lot higher. And so this is a strategy to do just this. When you get to a waxing crescent moon, which is about 45 to 89 degrees from the sun, because we did that whole sun download. So thinking about the moon in relationship to the sun, because that's what we're seeing, right? The moon is a mirror that reflects the light of the sun. So when you look at the moon, you're looking at sunlight. Such a cool thought. It's a simple thought. A lot of you have had that thought, but there'll be people listening who's like, I've never had that thought. I've never like thought that in a long time, perhaps. So this is a time to refine. It's a time to feel your youthfulness. It can be naivete. And people who are born under this moon can have a childlike quality that often can be like really, really feisty and at the same time a little angsty too. Like their, their soul can feel a little angsty because it's like you just started, but it's hard. You know, coming out into this world can be hard. Like the world's hard. It's not like in the womb of the new dark moon. It's like you come out and your soul is like this unblemished diamond and yet there's all these facets to the world and it's beautiful and it's complicated and you're getting used to that. Okay. So think of a diamond with all those facets and you can think about alignment and trying to find synchronicity because you're trying to sync up just like this episode is titled with nature and everything is new. So you're trying to find a rhythm just like we're talking about too. It can be a person who initiates things and initiates other people into things, right? It's, there's a lighting of the match, striking of the match energy about this, that first waxing crescent. It's waxing, so it's growing, but it's just the beginning of the growing. So think strike a match energy and it can be low road, a little naivete or a lot naive. High road, excited to be here, really, really fascinated by the multiplicity of things and follow your curiosity like an arrow when the moon is in this phase. Refine your curiosity, get curious because there's new beginnings happening and follow the arrow of that spark, so to speak. First quarter moon is about 90 to 134 degrees from the sun. And it's a lot about action. When you read about this phase of the moon, the way I learned it, it can be like a crisis of action. So it can indicate that a change might need to be made or some kind of decision might need to be made. A person born under this moon can attract and create a lot of drama. So... It can have to do a lot with the family members or the friend groups, but there might be like a need to often rise up against someone or something. This time is about being tenacious. So someone born under this mood would have a lot of tenacity, mentally, emotionally, and also it's a time to be tenacious. You're growing something. It's still new. However, you are tenacious because you're going to help see it through. And you know that's part of the karma. So action, thinking about taking action. There's a waxing draft of energy at your back. So take action on the intentions 
Don't just dream the thing, but what are the five actionable steps you're going to do to realize the thing? Write those actionable steps down. Do a few of them. Do all of them during this phase of the moon. It'll be lucky. So the next phase is the waxing gibbous. So gibbous means pregnant. And so it's not full, but it's close to being full, right? So that's technically about 135 degrees to 179 degrees from the sun. And that is about belief. Like if you've ever been pregnant, I have several times, right? There's a belief that you are going to have this baby and that your body is making that magical being. When you're a baby inside your mother's womb, your soul in that little embryo in that developing fetus, trusted your nose was going to form, your ears were going to form. There's a trusting and a belief about this phase of the moon. So it's the final stage before that beautiful full moon, the yogatrician. There's a word for it I love, Chandra. It means full moon. And there are names for every different moon phase in that tradition that I love so much. And it's a lot about the bright, optimistic future. There's a belief. So people born under this is brimming with this unfettered optimism often. They might even be good at cracking a joke because they don't take life too seriously. The energy of everything is going to be okay. And so if you're a person who tends towards anxiety and feeling nervous about things happening, this is a great time of the moon phase to sync up with and practice affirmations. All is right with my world. I'm allowing myself to receive all good things in this moment. Fill in the blank. Create an affirmation that has to do with relief, that makes you feel like you believe all is well. And repeat that. Several times a day. Set a reminder on your phone. I'm a big fan of those. The full moon. I was born under a full moon. It's a time to celebrate. It's reaching the climax of the story. Full moon babies often are here to be seen. And that could be like seen, like I'm being seen right now. Or it could be like the creator of a big brand name of something and you're seen through what you create, but the thing that you create is seen by many, many people. For someone under a full moon, really like adventure and chase that high tide of life. This kind of energy can wear other people out. You might work to all hours of the night or just want to do thing after thing after thing and might feel like being the character in like an action movie is a dream come true. (laughs) And so you learn that about yourself and know that during this full moon phase, you can harness this energy once again. So it's a time to wax. It's a time to play. It's a time to shine. It's a time to also bring projects, relationships, energy to their fullest expression, to their height. To the point where there's an energy of beginning to release. So it's like we give thanks to what intention we've set early on and everything that has happened and how the universe has conspired to 
support that intention. And then anything that's not working, we let it go in the full moon. So there's a release happening, a release of an old lover, a release of an old gripe you have with someone, a release of an old energy. There's that feeling of a letting go and the beginning of the letting go process because it is the doorway of the threshold from the manifesting to now all of a sudden the letting go in the second half of the moon's phases. Then we get to the waning gibbous, which is about 225 degrees through 269 degrees in relationship to the sun. And that's a lot about receiving. It's known as the disseminating moon. And it's very much the archetype of the teacher, the mentor, the psychological and or spiritual wise one. So you've birthed an intention. You've gone through some different phases with that intention. You've celebrated and manifested a lot. You've pruned. And now there is a period of sharing your wisdom because you're secure and stable enough to do so. You're established in your intention. So you've been able to crystallize something and you know, the genius and boon and blessing of life and being a teacher is being able to distribute your wisdom for the benefit of everyone. So it's a great time to receive the knowledge that, oh, I created this, this cycle. What did I actually yield in connection to your intention? Maybe you manifested exactly your intention Maybe there's something subtler. You had to weed and prune out some. And there's some gem, there's some blessing about that one-pointed practice for day after day after day. And now you can think about sharing it and how you can offer it or how you can work with it to benefit others. And to keep teaching yourself because when you teach something, you refine your own knowledge. In teaching, you learn something or a topic at even a deeper level. And so you can think about how to work with this time of the moon cycle to go deeper for yourself with the knowledge and the intention that you've created too and how that's benefiting you. The next phase is the third quarter phase. So that's 270 degrees, 270 to 314 degrees from the sun. And that is about breathing. At the first glance, the third quarter moon phase looks like a mirror image of that first quarter. This time, instead of action with this crisis of consciousness energy that the first quarter moon had, a person has to deal with internal pressure to work out perhaps a change of heart. It's less about what you do and produce and how you act in the way of really about what you forgive, what you integrate, understanding that life is really complex and it's a lot about the interior life. Because, you know, we're dealing with the darkening of the moon, which is the inside. So what can we let go of 
in order to forgive. Because when we hold on to resentment, anger, blame, shame, those feelings about anyone else, about any aspect of life, who do they impact the most? Ourself. And so in this time of the third quarter moon, it's a time to think about who can I forgive? It might be you. It might be you forgive yourself. You let yourself off the hook for something. You let go. Understanding life is complicated. You're doing your best and it's good enough. So that's an invitation of this phase of the moon. The waning crescent is at 315 degrees till 359 degrees from the sun. And that's about reflection. So in this final moon phase, also called the balsamic moon, the moon's slim crescent of light, right? That little crescent of light is fading to black. So if you're born under this crescent moon, you might be really interested in the paranormal or the psychic ability realm. You might be really, really quote-unquote old soul or highly evolved. Maybe. Not everyone. But mystery is very exciting to a person born under this moon. And you're drawn towards things that revolve around the theme of ending. Because it's about the ending of a cycle. Composting regeneration, death, alchemy, all these themes, very scorpionic themes, are associated with this phase of the moon. Very wise energy because it's like there's this little sliver. You know, they say, like, what's the silver lining in the cloud? Well, this is the silver lining of the moon. And so you see that last little silver. It's like, where is the blessing in the ending, in the darkness? What's the teaching? What's the lesson? What did I get in the way of wisdom from this moon cycle? What has it taught me? How can I bring that now into the next phase? What's the teaching? So crystallizing that, writing it down, contemplating that, honoring endings and noticing the moon is going to get quiet again. And there's going to be a new stage, a new canvas. And so really juicing the feeling of the cycle and what you intended and a lot of gratitude too, right? Because often when things end, relationships, lives, there's just such an overwhelming feeling of gratitude for who people were, for what was. So it's really savoring and practicing that gratitude with this last phase of the moon. In many traditions, it's very fascinating, with women's moon cycles, there is a common thread of bleeding on the new moon and ovulation on the full moon. Melatonin is a bit of a contraceptive, so darker moons sometimes can be easier for sleep and not as optimal for reproduction, not always, but these are things that are fascinating to study. 
But in some ancient cultures, many of them, they really threaded together reproduction and women would come together when they bled. It's called the red tent phenomenon. And there's a wonderful book about that. You can look it up. I think it's called a red tent circle or something like that, where they would come together and bleed. And yeah, there's that mythology of many different stories surrounding full moons and people coming together, making love, people coming together in the Celtic tradition, doing ritual, sometimes that involved making love, that illuminative energy, that expansive energy, the celebratory energy. And that had to do with procreation because there was a understanding that when the body is synced up to nature, many women ovulate on those full moons. So now we've got the artificial light. This has affected people on many different levels. If you are were born with a female body and you want to do so, you can contemplate this for yourself and play with your light exposure if your moon cycles aren't regular, if you're working on healing this aspect of your life. When the rhythms of our body, mind, and soul are synced up with natural rhythms where we just live in more harmony with life. When we're in greater harmony with life, we ourselves are more established in a state of grace, I like to say. What is a state of grace? It's often referred to as the flow. We're in the flow. Or the vortex. Friends who listen to Abraham Hicks. <laughs> it's when we find that sweet spot in the river of life's consciousness where things flow effortlessly and our desires are more easily fulfilled. It's where magic, it's where synchronicity, it's where quote-unquote coincidence, it's where they occur more often. So this convergence, this meeting point and this wellspring is what I like to call the state of grace. So align your body, mind, and soul as much as you can to sync up and pay attention to those natural rhythms of nature around you. It's amazing how doing this with one thing, maybe just pick one thing that I mentioned today and do it and see if it doesn't become a game changer for you. I am certain if you really do it consistently and embody one thing, your life will benefit. Finding this good luck factor is not random. Yeah, sure, we can take a hike and suddenly come across a deer. The other day this happened to me with a deer and a fawn. It was so, so sweet. And yet we don't have to just wait and hope for those blips to occur. We literally can, as psycho-spiritual, awake, conscious beings, align ourselves more and more with this state of grace, with this flow in such seemingly simple yet incredibly profound ways which allow and permit nature's intelligence to flow through us without getting in the way, because that's what we're doing. 
We're allowing ourselves like a key goes into a lock, right? If you ever look at the inside of a lock, a keyhole, there are all these things that have to line up for it to mirror the exact key. And so we align ourselves. We become like the lock and nature is that key that comes into us and then everything opens up. Everything in the universe has a rhythm. Everything dances, says the poetess Maya Angelou. And so I invite you right now to take a moment if it's safe and comfortable to do so. And we'll just do this for about 30 seconds to a minute. If it's safe, you can close your eyes. And if it's not, you can keep your eyes open and stare at a point in front of you if it's safe. And set the intention now to find the rhythm of your own breath. This drum of your spirit that's always beating and pulsating within you. And don't try to change its rhythm right now. Simply notice its rhythm. Maybe the inhalation's a little longer and the exhalation's a little shorter. That's okay. You're just practicing this art of attention. Notice the inhalation, notice the exhalation. And notice that there's a pattern happening right now within your body. What is that pattern? You can slowly begin to open and close the eyes a little bit or blink a few times if the eyes were open. And now with the eyes open, locate that pattern once again, that breath pattern. Feel the breath rising and falling within your own being. You feel a little different? You notice a little subtle shift? Many of you, yes. So simple. Now imagine if you picked one thing and watched the sunset once a week or just paid attention every night at the moment the sun was setting, that would impact you a little bit more. You'd feel a little different or maybe a lot different. When you add on these practical practices that are mystical because they bridge the physical to the spiritual and you are a very physical being and yet you are also a soul everything in the universe has a rhythm everything dances may you dance with the rhythms more and more of nature and may you see your life improve dramatically Even if your life you feel like is going so well, it'll get even better. You can do this practice that you choose. I charge you, pick one, maybe two, have it for the rest of your life. It'll impact the rest of your life. Everything in the universe has a rhythm. Everything dances. Thank you so much for being with me and contemplating how to make your spirituality an actuality. If you have benefited from this podcast and want to support it for as little as $3 a month, you can become now a Patreon member. 
100% of every dollar helps produce this podcast's information and magic. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash modern mystic podcast. Also, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe, rate, and review the Modern Mystic podcast, giving it a five-star, one-line review on Apple Music, which is so easy to do from an iPhone or via the Apple Store on all other devices, or on Spotify. Literally takes two minutes at most and helps the podcast tremendously. So thank you for this support. May you continue to seek out the natural rhythms in this universe and allow them to support you finding more and more of the rhythms in your day-to-day life that support your body, that support your heart, that support your mind. Everything in the universe has a rhythm. Everything dances and you can too. Namaste. Thank you for taking these words in. I hope they ground, inform, and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path. If you like what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you use. It is so appreciated. Also, check out my website, modernmystic.love, where you can find information about my very exciting monthly mystic membership. My members have unlimited access to a robust video library, which includes short videos that are easily digestible, sharing practical ways to integrate mystical living into your day-to-day life. These compelling videos cover topics such as how to ground, protect, and grow your energy, how to develop your psychic abilities, how to connect to your spirit team, shadow work, inner child work, tarot cards, lots of Western astrology, of course, in addition to syncing up with the rhythms of nature and so much more. I've gotten so much positive feedback that these videos are game changers for folks. Also included in the membership are over 100 alignment-based yoga classes of all different levels, meditation and breathwork classes, so you can work from the inside out or the outside in and up-level yourself as you become the next version of you. Not to mention, my Mystic members get all sorts of bonus content and discounts from my visionary podcast guests, So check out modernmystic.love and take a peek there as there's a free sampling of some videos waiting for you. Lastly, if you are looking for some conscious conversation and compelling community, check out also our private Modern Mystic podcast Facebook group. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste. Namaste.